We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. It is good to be back. I'm Steve Bratz, joined by Dusty Evely and Sarah Kelleher. The Dream Team is back together again. Dusty, Sarah, how are you guys doing? Great. Great. It's great to talk to you guys. Great to see you guys. I'm very excited. I'm very excited that we're all back together. And, yeah, super pumped. So there's uh, there's been a lot going on in the month since we've been off. Uh, Pack a Day was killing it with amazing episodes, uh, you know, covering everybody on the draft. Uh, even did some recap, which was great, great stuff. Um, but we really haven't talked about it uh, to to all of our listeners. So, Sarah, let's start with you. I mean, got reactions. What what were your your initial thoughts on the draft? Yeah, if I had to use one word to describe it, it would probably be shocking. Um, I think, and I know we'll get into it later, I've kind of come to terms with some of the picks, but just the first few rounds, every time the Packers made a pick, I would just stare at my TV like, what? Why did we just do that? I I can't believe we just did that. Why did we do that? And would run to Twitter for someone to explain to me what the heck was going on, and everyone else is just as confused as I was. So definitely shocking. Um at the end of it all, I don't hate it, but really shocking and surprising to see uh, the direction that they went. 
Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm at. I mean, it was, <laughs> we all kind of talked a little bit ahead of time. And like Sarah said, we're going to get into a bit. But those first three picks, um, it's, you know, I've settled down on it a bit now. But definitely those first three, like, I wasn't mad as much as, um, Sarah, I think, I don't know, if, I don't think you just said it. We talked before that, like, you just didn't feel anything. There wasn't, like, wasn't happiness. There wasn't anger. There was just, just kind of blank void of nothingness, which is <laughs> kind of where I was. It was just like, I don't. Did they read they did they read the wrong name off the card? Did he read the wrong name off the card? Just I mean the love one was legitimately shocking and then you know 2 and 3 was kind of the same thing that was this what is this 1982? Like what draft is this? I don't understand. Um I think now that I've settled down and again we'll get into it in a bit. Now that I've settled down, I've firmly settled into um I don't like where they were taken necessarily, especially the second third round picks, but I like the players overall and what they're going to bring to the offense. So I've definitely kind of after thinking about it, I I like like the players, I don't necessarily like um like where they nabbed them, but there's a thousand things that go into that. Yeah, I think we're all kind of in the same boat. I remember I was sitting in front of in my office in like my comfy chair, had some wings, had a beer. I was like good to go, and I, you know, it's always like that nervousness of like, are they going to do something stupid? Are they going to do something stupid? <laughs> and so I've got like a, I've got, I'm sitting there, I've got like a football, and it's like pushed against my nose, and I'm not even looking at the TV, and then it says Jordan Love, and I just drop my head and drop the football. And it's funny <laughs> because I did the exact same thing for round two and round three. <laughs> so, and then I think I believe I, I sent you guys a direct message with Jim from the office. Like, what is going on? <laughs> I don't understand this. Um, again, like it's, it's acceptance. You kind of, you, you deal with it eventually. And hopefully they, there's a reason that the GM and the head coach are in those positions and making these picks. And we're just, on Twitter trying to analyze them as best that we can. I mean, I know I forget I forget it was after the first night, but I had somebody immediately reach out to me like, okay, like I need you on Packaday Podcast right now so you can yell about the fact that they traded up and took a quarterback instead of uh, Patrick Queen. And believe me, I would have freaking died. I probably – I think there would have been pants off running around the house and, you know, live stream video and everything. It would have been outstanding. But – I don't know. The Packers don't seem to care that much about inside linebackers, so I think I've just – I'm a, as Dusty said earlier, I'm a defeated man. Uh, I have to just realize that this is not a position they're ever going to invest highly in, and I think it just, you know, I, it, it is what it is at this point. But, uh, yeah, overall, I mean, Dusty, I know we've, we've talked a little bit too about how we think that this might be – you know, padding Matt LaFleur's offense as opposed to what we were looking at for Mike McCarthy's offense. And uh, we we actually did a mailbag, so wanted to hear everybody's questions. And we did get a lot of draft talk from everybody, so we're just kind of going to roll into some of that stuff. Um, we'll start with a question from at Ali Murray one Which draft pick has the best chance of playing 50% of the snaps week one? And we're apparently we're not allow, allowed to answer none of them. So, uh, Sarah, we start you. So, Dusty, what do you got for me? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tricky. Um, it's tricky just not knowing, uh, not knowing kind of how the off season is going to progress. I mean, you need that that time as rookies to kind of come in, learn the playbook, get all that. And so, we don't know how that's going to impact any of this. But we have to choose someone. Uh, so, I'm going to go uh, slightly off book with this. I think from where I, from where I was originally setting, I'm going to go uh, Deguara. Mainly because I really, really like him. Now, I will say that uh, generally, like, a tight end... 
tight, tight end is one of the tougher spots to go from college to the pros. Just there's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into it. I mean, you you've I've read enough where they say like it's a lot of times you're you're that extra offensive lineman. So not only do you have to know you know your route tree and what everyone else is doing all the passing concepts, you also have to know all of the all of the line adjustments and all that. So you're kind of learning two positions. That's really really tough from a young guy to get in. Uh, but they drafted him third round. They liked him. They like his skill set. Uh, they're going to be using him as a receiver. They're going to be using him a little bit as that up back role, kind of that, that fullback, maybe splitting him out a little bit. Now, I don't know what his production is going to look like. Probably not high. But I do think that just having him in there is going to open up some stuff for the offense. So I can see them, like, from the jump saying, this is our guy. We really like him. He's a little raw, but we're going to try to work him in. Uh, so I could see I could see DeGuara uh, do it, you know, a shade over 50. Let's give him 51. Like, he's not going to be out there all the time, but I do think he's going to be out there quite a bit Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I think when we all saw this question there was kind of two answers um where we're like okay this could be realistic and that was uh Jaguara and uh Dylan for sure I mean those are the guys that if you're going to see that or the draft picks that uh we're going to see right away if we do um especially with Dylan I think um obviously they drafted a third running back for a reason and he is a beast. I mean, he looked, and, and that was one of the picks that um, when it happened, I was a little surprised. And then once I, you know, looked up his highlights and other things about him, I was like, wow, he hmm. really could add a lot to this offense. And even though, you know, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are great, you know, there was a couple times this past season where I felt like we were on, you know, within the five yard line, we couldn't just punch it in. And I feel like Dylan is the type of guy that can punch it in. So, um, I could see, you know, I'm not saying he's going to play more than Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams, but I definitely think, like, we'll see him utilized in ways to kind of uh, push through, uh, pick up a few yards um, when they need it, um, and they're trying to move the chains a bit. So um, I, I think either him or, like you said, Dusty, um, would be the would be the right answers there. Yeah, and I, I guess if I have to answer this, uh, if we're going to take maybe one of the offensive linemen that – I mean, everybody's been talking about John Runyon Jr., how he's, you know, could potentially push for the right guard spot, which, you know, Dusty and Sarah and I were talking beforehand of, you know, with everything going on right now, let's say that there's a limited training camp. Let's say that's, you know, COVID is still going on and, you know, the, they're they're limited in what they can do. I mean, it's going to be hard-pressed for a rookie to get that much impact, especially week one. I mean, unless there's a catastrophic injury or something like that, or he just blows people out of the water. I mean, getting a sixth round pick to jump to the starting lineup in the NFL is going to be a tall tale or a tall task. But if anybody is going to do it out of those offensive linemen that they drafted, we all kind of decided that Runyon would probably be uh, the best case scenario for, for that situation. None of us said Jordan Love. I'm proud of us. That's weird. I'm proud I of all of us. To, I really wanted to screw with everybody. Strange how that happened. <laughs> it's shocking. It's shocking. <laughs> um, all right, Dusty, this one's going to be for you. We're going to give you the floor. Uh, this is from uh, Christopher Kalecki, Karlecki, and he wants to know, can you talk to us about the illusion of complexity that will be this coming year and also a bit about Josiah DeGura? I think uh, low-key Dylan could be on the field a lot with his blocking ability and flanking out Jones, etc. Very excited. Two exclamation marks. Yeah. Excited. So uh, you've got the floor. We'll let you take away. All right. All right. Yeah, so uh, I've thought 
a little bit about this. I've thought a little bit about this. Um, so I want to you, – you mentioned, he mentioned Dylan, and I'm not really going to touch on him too much. Uh, I do think he's going to be used. I do think – I mean, for the reasons Sarah said, we also saw early last year, uh, we saw some of the pony package stuff with Williams and Aaron Jones on the field at the same time, especially when Devontae was out and how effective that was. I think one of the reasons um, – that touches on maybe why they got, grabbed another running back. One of the reasons they didn't they didn't go with that too much is I don't think they trusted Dexter Williams uh, to really step in and and uh, you know they they ran through a handful of other RB threes there. So they want to overwork. They still don't trust him. I don't think they still trust him. I believe that's true, Steve. But they don't want to overwork those two guys. So that pony package that was really effective, they didn't really run that out too much. So I do think we're going to see some more of that, and I'm excited to see where Dylan fits in. But kind of, I really want to focus on Deguara. Um, I, I think the Packers tight end group again, kind of a reach, or kind of what appeared to be a reach at at, at the third round. I, I certainly was not expecting that at all. But right now, the Packers tight end room isn't particularly diverse in terms of maybe what Lafleur wants to do when you talk about uh, illusion of complexity. You've got Mercedes Lewis, who is a very, very good blocker. And the best you can say for his receiving ability is that he's a sneaky good receiver because people don't expect him to run routes. He's fine. He's fine. But he's not – I mean, he's 38 or whatever. Like, he's not going to kill anyone with his receiving ability. Sternberger and Tanyan profile as, as good receivers but not great blockers. Both of those guys made pretty good strides last year, I thought, as the season went on. Uh, especially Tanyan, I thought, showed a lot. But they're still never going to be, like, anything above slightly, slightly below average uh, blockers, I would assume. I think what Deguara gives you, when you look talk about illusion of complexity, again, kind of what we're talking about is this, you can run out the same personnel uh, and run different things or run the same thing out of multiple looks. Those are kind of two different ways you can talk about it. And so kind of do that, you need a personnel grouping that is diverse enough to be able to threaten either way. You need, if you run out, uh, you know, 22 personnel, which would be two tight ends, two running backs, or two running backs, two tight ends, one receiver, You we would like to legitimately be able to uh, power rush out of that or then if they load up against the power rush, you're able to spread it out wide. And with the personnel grouping they had with, you know, we'll say Sternberger and Stern, Sternberger, Tanyan, uh, those two basically as one guy, or Lewis, you're kind of telegraphing what your intentions are, if not, or if not necessarily telegraphing, you're hampering what you can do a little bit. You're taking a hit. If you get Lewis out there, you're either telegraphing or running or we're kind of we're taking a hit on the receiving ability on this because we like what he brings and kind of the opposite of that was Sternberger and Tanya. With a guy like Deguara, what he can do, he's a very good blocker and can profile as, if not necessarily a super dynamic receiver, a pretty good receiver. And so when he's out there, he's not going to be Gronk, but he can legitimately threaten you in the run game or the pass game. So you could run eleven personnel out there, which is, you know, one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers, and depending on how that 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 shoots out if that's, you know, Aaron Jones, DeGuara, and then pick your three wide receivers, you could go not necessarily power run, but you could do a decent amount of running off of that or very easily spread the offense out, especially with what uh, Jones can give you in the passing game. So what my thought process always is when I'm looking at personnel groupings, it's always where can you, can you, uh, can you dictate your mismatches and exactly how can you, um, how can you kill teams with them? How many different ways can you kill teams with them? And then, how, and then you do that if you can get them on the field. How many different ways can you do that if you go up uh, uh, no huddle? I've talked about this before. And so basically, if you can roll out a grouping with like, you know, one running back, two tight ends, two wide receivers, and you could spread the offense out or run, and you get one or two mismatches in there on the defensive side of the ball, 
you can just go up tempo and just just kill them down the field, which Lafleur has talked about in the off season about going a little more up tempo. So I think a guy like Deguara, um, probably not necessarily Dylan, although I, I do hear his hands are you know, a little better, maybe a better receiver than than maybe he was given credit for. But I think a guy like Deguara opens up a ton for what uh, for what the Packers and specifically Lafleur wants to do in the passing game. So I think um, we're talking about illusion of complexity again. You're talking about what do you what can you run with the same personnel grouping? How many different ways can you run it and how can you make it look different? And I think you can do that with a guy like Deguara in there if he does what it looks like he can do. So I think, I mean, of all the picks, if this is not overly shocking, if you just listened to this past 10 minutes of me rambling of all the picks, Deguara is the guy that I think could really transform this offense. And if he can do that, if he, if he can really hit and maybe not his rookie year and especially not the beginning of his rookie year, if he can do that and make that impact and keep teams guessing and you're able to play off those mismatches, a third round picks a steal for a guy that can do stuff like that. So um, I'm really excited for him and, and what he can do to unlock uh, the floor's offense a little bit more. Jared, do you have anything to add to that? <laughs> no. It, it, when we saw, when we all saw that question, I know in our heads, we were like, that's a dusty question for sure. So. That's, my, that's my burner account. I, just, I ask questions I would like to answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my you. God. I actually believe that. I totally believe that. Tomorrow the same account will comment and be like, Dusty's answer was so thoughtful. And yeah. <laughs> Boy, he's so, he's so good looking. Dusty. Uh, I can just, yeah. Thank you, Christopher. That was awesome. I really appreciate that. I was going to talk about it regardless. I'm glad there was a prompt. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's move on. Sarah, you got a question from uh, Brett through one of your DMs, and it was, in all honesty, if you were the Packers, who would you have chosen in the draft, and would you have traded up to try to get them? Um, So, Sarah, we'll start with you, and we're kind of just – we'll keep it at – they're at 30. Would you have traded up for somebody – or what? who would you have taken at 30? Gotcha. So, I don't know. I'm still not over that they didn't pick a wide receiver. Like, I get it. But part of me just really wanted them to pick a wide receiver so bad. Um, so, I, I probably would have stayed put. Um, and I know that T. Higgins from Clemson was still available. And I think he like his speed and everything would have been perfect to complement Devontae Adams and um, – everything and what they could have done together would have been great. Obviously that didn't happen, but that would have been, if that would have happened, I totally would have been okay with it. I would have been calm. I would have not been shocked and staring at my TV, my jaw to the floor. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to say. Nothing too crazy wide receiver. I don't think a lot of people would have been angry about that either. I don't think Twitter would have exploded. Oh, I think, I feel, I kind of think the Packers Twitter would have exploded either any, any pick they made, they would have freaked out. So uh, it would have been, you know, they picked T. Higgins too early. They could have traded down. What were they doing? Goody sucks. Like, you know, we're we we you know we're all bottled up in our houses and everything. So I think, you know, adding the draft to it, people were just bubbling with uh, anger and excitement all in one. So it all, uh, it all blew up at the draft. But, Jesse, who would you have taken? It's tough, man, because, I mean, the, the wide receiver thing, I mean, I, I, I was looking at some wide receivers – and I mean, the two guys that were like, well, maybe they'll fall, and they started falling a little, and then they're not falling far enough was uh, Jalen Rager and Justin Jefferson, who went 21 and 22. I, I, I don't think the Packers are spending the draft capital up to get one of those guys, and I don't know that they necessarily should have. Ayuk went at 25, and I wasn't necessarily in love with him, so I would have stayed put, maybe even tried to trade back a little bit. And the guy that I would have taken is not a guy that I don't think the Packers would have taken just from just their threshold stuff. 
Uh, KJ Hamler was on the board and he went early second. And I love KJ Hamler. Just his quickness and speed out of the slot, I think, would have been huge for this offense. It would have been just a ton of fun to watch. So, again, I don't think the Packers were going to take him. I doubt they're even looking at him. But uh, KJ Hamler would have been just tremendous. Yeah, I kind of agree. I was I was looking at the if either stay put or trade back. Obviously, it requires somebody calling you and wanting your <laughs> pick, uh, which is very very important. Um, but if they were you know able to trade back a little bit into the early second round, I think the two guys that I would have looked at uh, would have shored up the defensive line would have either been Ross Blacklock or AJ Espensa. Uh, I think that dude could have been just a beast to pair up with Kenny Clark and be on the inside and, um, you know, let the Smith brothers eat on the outside and then, you know, look at the look at the draft as um, going to get some offensive weapons second, third round, which they did. Um, overall, though, I kind of felt like the whole draft basically felt like one of your fantasy football drafts of every damn time you're like there's a guy I want he's falling to me he's falling to me this is going to be perfect I'm going to pick him I'm going to pick him and then two spots before you pick that's when somebody else snags him so that's kind of, I, I feel like that's kind of the whole that was the whole theme of the whole Packers draft um, overall so that was kind of where I went uh, I probably would have went defensive line to kind of shore that up and help uh, with the run game but um, that's just me let's see onto this the Justin Jefferson to Minnesota, that literally hurt me. Like, <laughs> I love Justin Jefferson. I thought he was fantastic. And he just kept kind of falling and falling. And I was like, could it happen? Could it happen? Could it happen? And then the Vikings picked him. And I literally was like, of course. Like, that, that literally was the worst feeling. Oh. Well, and also, the, uh, like, a lot of mocks had Jefferson, like, well, he's not getting past Philly. And then Philly took Jalen Rager, like, oh, okay, he, he got past yeah. Philly. <laughs> it, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. Oh, it yeah, I got my hopes up and then dashed real, real quick. Yeah, that did. Uh, okay, next up we've got Bruce Weber who gave us uh, several good questions, which we'll try to hit a couple of them up if we can. Uh, first off, so let's maybe try to do a little bit quicker with some of these, but Dusty, what was your favorite draft pick from the Packers? DeGuaro. I don't think I have to talk anymore about it. Decor. Sarah? Dylan, 100%. 100%. <laughs> I agree. I'm going to go with Dylan. Like, I think adding him to the mix and Jones being able to be flexed out wide, like, that's just going to give them so many options, which is what LaFleur wants. So, um, you know, as we all said, maybe if they would have done Dylan in the third, Deguara in the fourth, and a wide receiver in the second, everyone would be super happy, but just not the way it went. Um, especially in, like, December – him like and what he's able to bring to the team is going to be huge like late in the season there could be injuries so like players could be beat up a little bit and then it gets cold at Lambeau and they we need to run the ball a lot like that's when I started thinking about all those things I was like okay this makes sense I see why we did this and I'm kind of digging it now I'm I'm excited for the first time he runs an angle route and catches a ball in the middle that'll be like the the uh oh happy learned how to putt moment uh, just really, really excited about that. Oh my god, that's good. Uh, okay, which area of the team concerns you for the upcoming season? Sarah, we'll start with you. I mean, I'm going to go uh, take a page out of your book here with inside linebacker. Just Finally! <laughs> just because I thought we would draft a, a little bit more 
defensively at times, and we didn't really. And I think there was a lot of times where we saw teams run all over Green Bay last year, and it wasn't fun. And some of those teams we'll probably have to face again if we make the playoffs. <clears throat> 49ers. So, <laughs> so I just I'm a little concerned about that and what's going to happen there. Um, I don't know. I just don't feel I don't feel good about it. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going defensive side too, but I'm going defensive line. I mean, it's just you're you're hoping for some leaps there that I don't know if we can necessarily bank. I mean, it's Kenny Clark, and we know Kenny Clark's good. And then it's Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster, Montrevious Adams, who everyone hoped was going to take a leap last year and just didn't, and Kingsley Kiku, who was a, a interesting pick, kind of had a lot of upside and didn't really show a whole lot. You know, flashes here and there. So unless one of those guys takes a leap, that defensive line. Uh, is a little shaky. I mean, they did sign uh, Trayvon Hester, uh, Mr. Double Doink, which is pretty exciting. Uh, I kept waiting for, like, a Snacks Harrison free agent signing uh, that has not come through yet. But, uh, yeah, I think defensive line. I mean, in my mind, and I've talked about this before, but uh, inside linebacker becomes less important if you have a defensive line that can kind of eat up those blocks and give more free rushing lanes. And right now the Packers just do not have that. So it's it's defensive line for me for sure. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit off book, and I'm actually going to say the salary cap is the thing that uh, worries me the most uh, with Bakhtiari, with Kevin King, with um, with Kenny Clark, with Jair Alexander coming up in the next two years. Like all these people are starting to cost; they're going to cost a lot of money. And with Rogers' contract, like that's it is what it is. Like I mean, you got to pay the top tier quarterback, but. There's not as much money to go around, so I mean, there's going to be some tough, tough decisions that are going to be made in Green Bay, and it's not a super pretty picture, even with a salary cap going up $10 million every year. It's still a tough sell, so that is something that, I mean, I trust Russ Ball. Like, I think the man has done very well to get the team where they are and sign free agents and things like that, but... You know, when you do sign four big-ticket free agents two years ago, that's going to come home to roost at some point, and that's going to hit to your salary cap. So that is the thing that uh, I think would concern me the most. Uh, Dusty, your current player on the team about to go off this coming season. I have a guess. I have a guess who you might say. I'm curious. It's Jay Sternberger. Yeah. Stern, Sternberger is my dude, man. I mean, I think I've been watching him quite a bit. I'm working on I've got, like, part three of a three-part series going up on Packer Report in the next week, I think, just based on how they used him last year. I think he showed a lot. I mean, they, they I don't think they were necessarily using him. This is another reason I like the DeGora thing. I don't think they necessarily used him in the way he was best suited, but I think DeGora opens up Sternberger to be able to do that a little bit more. So I think Sternberger, um, I think Sternberger is going to be really, really good. It was a toss-up between him and EQ, but I think, I think Sternberger is going to be real good next year. Sarah, did you hear that one? Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay, who do you think? Oh, uh, I couldn't even say it with a straight face. I was going to say Jordan Love, and then I said <laughs> <laughs> it. Anyways, um, no, I think it's EQ. I, I would go with EQ. Um, I, I'm i really excited to see what he does this year. I think there was moments um, in or two years ago, or almost two years ago now, where we were like, okay, that there could be something there. And I was a little bummed, you know, when he went on IR last year and we didn't see much from him. But I think um, he could really grow this year, and um, with what they're able to do, I think now they have a unique set of skills at wide receiver. So they, obviously they have Devontae, and then now they have Funches in the mix, and then Lazard, and then EQ. I think the four of them 
could really find something. And um, I'm interested to see if EQ steps up and kind of like jumps Lazard in that pattern or if Lazard kind of um, keeps performing at a high level like he was last year. So I'm really curious to see, but I think it's it's exciting and he has all the potential to step up and um, be a player that goes off in the next season. I'm going to go uh, first-round draft picks from last year. So I'm going to take both of them, and I'm going to take Darnell hmm. Savage. Like, I feel like he he had some good flashes last year, you know, got nicked up a little bit here and there. But there were some plays there, like especially like week one against the Bears, like jumping routes and things like that and having a whole offseason, learning more from Patton and things like that and pairing with Amos again. I think that's going to be even better for him. Like, I really hope he takes that big jump. And then um, – Rashawn Gary, like I feel like they're gonna they trust it, they're gonna trust him more they're gonna use him more and just get creative along that line and maybe that is something that we're not thinking of or seeing right now but the fact that they can go Kenny Clark Rashawn Gary the Smith brothers and maybe either a Lancaster or whoever um, that might be one of the answers that they already have in their head as to why they didn't want to address the defensive line as much. They they can get creative and move guys around. And, I mean, he's a freak of an athlete, and if you've got the Smith brothers mentoring you and showing you how to work and how to do those things, uh, I mean, I'm excited. Like, I feel like that's that's something that might come – come around as a home run pick now uh, and people will be able to eat their tweets a little bit later. So those would be the two guys that I would be uh, super excited about for the upcoming season. And we have finally a non-sports related. Have you guys developed any new skills or talents uh, while being stay at home sheltered? Sarah, you got anything? I don't know if I would classify them as skills or talents, but um, I guess a hobby is my mom and I every single day have been doing a daily challenge of, like, finding the hidden items in photos. There's, like, this website. Daily challenge. And some of them are really easy, and we find them in, like, three minutes or less than three minutes, and we're done. And then others take us, like, 30 minutes to find (laughs) all of them because they're really hard. But it's a daily thing, so we've been doing that. Um, I have been home for, like, six weeks now, and we've pretty much done it almost every single day. So that's just something new, but my mom and I were talking earlier, and I was like, you know, that's kind of fun to just to take a few minutes. And so um, when I go back to Orlando and I, whenever this kind of clears up and I can go back to work over there, um, I think we're going to keep trying to do it. And then we'll text and see who got the, the better score. But it, it's pretty cool. Um, if anyone's interested, I can tweet the link. <laughs> Don't forget, you also started reading books again, too. I did. I started reading books. That was, like, I'd say the first three weeks, and now the last three weeks, I've really just not read any books at all. I've binged a lot of Netflix, um, So, but maybe I'll pick it up again. Who knows? Okay. Dusty? Uh, I'll tell you what I have not learned, Stephen. That's how to be good at Madden. That's one, <laughs> one skill I have not picked up during this time. <laughs> Although, I mean, listen. The second, went, the second game was better. Yeah, I went from throwing, like, eight picks in the first game to four the second one. So, I'm, you know what? Not terrible, Steve. Not I terrible. Mean, yeah, we'll have to play again sometime soon, and maybe you'll cut it down to, like, two. Yeah, for sure. I was actually thinking about that. We do need to get back on that because uh, I do think I can win at some point. I, I think. I do think I can win. Um, <laughs> I think – I mean, I don't know about a skill. I did – I had to learn some things. I've, I work from home a couple days a week anyway, but working from home every single day, I had to find a way to kind of separate work life from home life a little bit. So when I walk out my office door, it's not just you're walking right back into it. I need that – like 
I don't have a long commute. It's 20 minutes, but I take that time to not only decompress, but kind of like go back over things that happened that day at work and, and almost kind of come up with some solutions or different ways to approach a problem just, just doing that. And I don't have that time. So I came up with different ways to, to do some of that. I sit and listen to a podcast for 20 minutes and just kind of simulate the drive home. So it's not a new skill, but it's something I had to kind of pick up to get my, get my brain right, I think, uh, from that kind of faking a commute. Uh, so that was that's been that's been an interesting experience, I think. So as far as me, I started with, um, you know, you see all those videos online and stuff, and I saw, like, the ones with the people with ping pong balls are, like, bouncing them off everything and <laughs> making it into a cup. I'm like, that would be cool. So uh, on Amazon, I bought 50 ping pong balls, uh, and I started messing around with it. And my daughter is actually taken to it, which is kind of fun. So we started using, like, the little tykes putter and, like, going down going down the stairs and trying to make it into a um like a mason jar and so we're we're just messing around the unexpected factor was that my two-year-old son hates it like legit hates it whenever we start doing it because somehow he's not involved enough so he will start climbing the stairs and like batting the balls away and uh, it's just it turns into utter chaos uh so that kind of (laughs) <laughs> went away after a week or two, and I stopped doing that. Uh, but I have gotten really into Little Tykes basketball. So, you know, we've got mm. the little hoop, uh, and my dog had popped the ball within, like, the first two days that we had gotten it. So I went on Amazon, found some cheap ones. I got, like, six of them for 20 bucks, and now we, we sit there, and, you know, my daughter will shoot from, like, five feet away, and she has to make four of them, and I have to make eight of them, but I shoot from, like, 27 feet away, uh, like a legit three-pointer, and sometimes we're outside, so you have to factor in the wind and everything, so, <laughs> yeah, you know, I've, awesome. got a lot of time, I've got a lot of time on my hands right now, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun, so, and then my, my son will uh, we'll have to lower the hoop, but he likes to go and dunk, and then just Aww. turns around and starts clapping for himself, which is pretty outstanding, <laughs> uh, so lots of family time going on right now, which is a lot of fun, but. Um, unless I'm missing anything, I don't think there's any more football questions. Mm-mm. No? Okay. Then, as per usual for us, we will end with one fun one, which comes from at Adam Brammer, and he wants to know, if you could create any Oreo flavor and Dusty had to eat it, <laughs> what would it be and why, uh, Sarah? So we... We kind of looked at this at first, and we're trying to come up with a like original Oreo flavor that would be good before we reread it and said, "Oh wait, no, we want to. <laughs> we need to make Dusty eat something horrible." Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll start in. Uh, I may. I, I did go through a whole list of every Oreo that's ever been created, and it was there's a lot of them. Uh, but I mean, man, there's they, they've they've come up with so many that they're so good that. Uh, it's very hard to come up with a creative one, but so we'll, we'll lean in and we'll say what's the gross one that we would make Dusty eat. Sarah, did, were you able to come up with one? Yeah, I came up with a bunch of them. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I'll share my top three. <laughs> so first would be pickle flavored. Oof. I feel like that would be a gross combination of mm-hmm. things. Then I had flaming hot Cheeto Oreos. <laughs> I'd eat that. Somehow I think that would be, like, a bestseller. Yeah, I'd eat that. Oh, my gosh. I feel like that would be disgusting. (laughs) Okay. And then barbecue flavored. Like, chocolate on the outside, but barbecue filling. Yeah, I feel like that'd be be pretty gross. That'd be pretty Uh, good. I'd like barbecue stuff, but I don't think those flavors mix. That's that's good. That's a good subtle pull, Sarah. I like that. 
See, I, you know, you never know. Like the barbecue, like the the sweet and the savory kind of thing. It, it I don't know, but it they're, they're, you never know. They're not going to be able to get the barbecue flavoring right in that cream, which mm, means sure. that's going to be a little off. And then you're mixing it with that chocolate, like it's nah. Okay, that's nah, fair. Man. Uh, I guess what I would go with then would be Packers themed, and I would say a Swiss cheese flavored Oreo would be. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, just because I would love to see Dusty like take a bite and just like. Oh, oh. Okay, but the question is, does he know that it's Swiss cheese? Because it, it would still be white filling. So that's actually it. Would probably that's be a big like, part of it. Yeah, it depends on the Swiss cheese though. There's some yellow Swiss cheeses. And especially if you're going Packers theme, I would want it to be like a yellow Swiss cheese. True, true. And maybe like a chocolate Oreo that is actually like green, like food colored to make it a Packard theme Oreo. Honestly, this is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I really <laughs> thought. Justin, if you had to pick a, a horrible Oreo for one of us to eat, what would you pick? Oh, just poop. One is poop. <laughs> and then the other is just like. Any of the jelly beans from Harry Potter, any of the like the Bogart things or whatever, I can't remember what they call them. Any of those, like vomit or earwax or boogers, like I'm going, I'm going real. You guys are going foods. I am not going foods. I'm being real mean about it. And frankly, I'm proud of you guys for not going in that direction. <laughs> Legitimately, your first answer was poop. Yeah, just straight poop. What are, oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. It's like birdie bots or something like Bur- that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. I knew all that Harry Potter knowledge. Would come. <laughs> you did it. You did it. Yeah, I don't know why you guys didn't go that direction. But, yeah, it's 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 poop. I mean, I think poop. we were thinking realistic. Like, you could see where in some twisted world, like, on a snack account, there would be, like, pickled Oreos. But there would, there's no way that Oreo would be, like, our new poop-flavored Oreos. <laughs> first, first of all. First of all, Sarah, they make jelly beans. They make jelly beans. Second of all, no parameters on the question. Third of all, I don't know if you guys watched Nathan for You, but it's the Nathan for You episode where he talks a frozen yogurt guy into making poop flavored frozen yogurt as a promotional thing. So this exists. This stuff exists. It's in the world. Um, and yeah, I don't know. You guys took the high road, and I wasn't expecting it. High ish. You guys took the high ish road. Good lord, I missed you guys. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, that will uh, wrap it up for us. We've got some closing thoughts as normal. Sarah, do you have anything today? Uh, yeah, pretty much just um, I know things are crazy in the world right now, and um, everyone who's listening is probably in a different place, so um, some people's lives might look different than others. But uh, just stay safe, everyone, and um, and yeah, just uh, if you need someone to talk to i know the three of us have been big ag- advocates on twitter like reach out more than happy to talk to anyone um your mental health is important right now as well as your physical health so reach out if you need help if you want to talk about anything if you want to talk about packers uh we're always willing or at least i am i know you guys have said you have been in the past as well um we're always open to talk and uh we're here for you guys too so yeah i echo all that sarah said i mean yeah it's, it's um 
Yeah, mental health is important. Having people to talk to is important. We're all we're all working through this together, and each everyone's got their own. I know separate things. I, I don't presume to know anyone's life, so everyone's got their own separate struggles and own own things they're working through. But yeah, if you need anyone to talk to, um, I know my DMs are always open. I'm always available. If you if you hit me up, if not immediately at some point, you know we can talk and get back to you. My email's out there as well, and so I can't promise to be amazing, um, but uh, but I'm certainly available um, to, to talk to if you need that. So. Uh, for sure that, and then uh, on a not quite that note, uh, I'm still writing in the off season. So today, when this comes out, I think I'm up to. Um, I've been writing these in advance, and I'm hard time tracking them. Uh, I'm up to the Giants game. Um, I'm, I'm going back through every game from the 2019 season and breaking down a handful of plays that either I thought were cool or that were big uh, in the grand scheme of the game, maybe in the second quarter. And so I'm up to the Giants game, which I forgot was a lot of fun. Like it's driving snow. You had uh, I think Lazard had three catches for like over 100 yards. Like it's, that was a that Giants game was a fun game. So I'll have that right up with three or four plays over on Cheesehead. Um, Later today. Uh, so that's if you need some football in your life, I've 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 got some of that. Yeah, and I'll end with uh, I completely forgot about one other thing that I've been doing in my downtime. You know, I've been furloughed as well, so I've got extra time. So I downloaded some GIF GIF creator, and oh, yeah. uh, I've been having a lot of fun with it. And Dusty <laughs> and Sarah know I've sent them many gifts. So please look out for a fun one uh, tomorrow to go along with the podcast. Uh, it's pretty. It at least makes us laugh. <laughs> um, so uh, with that, that should end it for us. Um, as always, thank you guys for uh, tuning in. We've we've missed doing this for the last month, and we're very we're all very excited to get back into it. Hopefully, we've got some football, uh, you know, that'll be coming up within the next few months. Um, but as always, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher four and at Steve Perhatch. Uh, any kind of reviews that you can give us on whatever platform you take this is always much appreciated. Um, but we will be back next week to talk some more Packers with you guys. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, go Pack, go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.